Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Come on, Radiant Church, let's give Jesus some praise today at all of our locations, those watching online. Let's give God the highest praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you are standing, you may be seated at all of our locations. St. Pete, The Heights, Brandon, North Tampa, South Tampa, As a matter of fact, we're being joined in by my own church in Raleigh, North Carolina, the East Campus and the Apex Campus. Let's welcome all those joining us online and across Tampa Bay and up and down the East Coast. Let's go. How cool is that? Thank God for technology that I can be preaching to you here in Tampa and also preaching back to my home church in Raleigh, North Carolina. I bring you greetings from Focus Church and uh, it's an honor to be here this morning. You know you're spoiled, right? Sometimes you don't know when you're, you're that you're spoiled and so sometimes a cousin has to come over to your house and tell you how cool that trampoline is. You haven't been jumping on that trampoline so long because you thought that was just an old rusty trampoline because you just wake up every day and there's a trampoline there. But when your cousin comes to town, and he sees that trampoline, he's like, oh my goodness, you got a trampoline. Well, I came here to tell you that you're spoiled, man. Your pastor, pastors Aaron and Katie Burke, they are the best in the business, the best in the world. You don't understand. So you're spoiled because you get it every week. But let me tell you right now, this is a move of God. Radiant Church is a move of God. At all of our locations, this is a move of God. It is so special. It is so sacred. It is something that we cannot take for granted. I liken it to when Moses parts the waters and a million people are led out of 400 years of generational slavery. We call it the Exodus. It's the book of Exodus. And I can just picture fathers grabbing a hold of their sons and looking with walls of water and telling their sons, this is the miracle we had been praying for. This was the thing that your grandfather had been praying for. This was the exodus, the deliverance that we knew would come one day. And after 400 years, I just picture fathers and sons walking through walls of water and the son asking the dad, can I just touch the wall? Can I just can I just run my hands along the ocean because they were in the middle of a miracle. And when I come here to Radiant Church, I just ask Pastor Aaron, is it okay that I just touch the walls? Is it okay that I just get in the middle of this thing and thank God for all that he has done? Come on, if he's been good to you, you should give him some praise. Thank God for this church. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for his wife. Thank God for his vision, his tenacity, for their willingness to go where no one has ever gone before. You're standing in the middle of a miracle. Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for this church. Thank God for this church. It's an incredible church. If you're here for the very first time, you found your church. No need to search anymore. Shopping is over. You don't have to Google. You don't have to Yelp review any more churches. You found it. How awesome is that? 
that you came to the right place today. And it's an honor to be preaching God's word. If you have a copy of God's word, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. I'm excited to be preaching to all of our locations and my home church. That means I can't preach a word that I've already preached to them. It means I had to come up with a new sermon. Even worked even harder for this one. I would have brought my Easter message from there, but they just heard my Easter message from there, so I had to, I had to work a little hard for this one. I hope you like it. 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. The Apostle Paul is writing this about 53 to 54 AD to the church in Corinth. We're going to be in verses 5 through 9. Here we go. Are you ready for God's word? I'm coming to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter. And then I love this line. And then you can send me on my way to my next destination. That's him asking for an offering. That's him saying, I'm going to start a GoFundMe while I'm here if I go to visit you and you can send me on my next. I'm not leaving until y'all take an offering. That's essentially what Paul is saying. Send me to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while. And if the Lord will let me, in the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. And verse 9 is where we're going to land today. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. I'm going to read that one more time. Our key verse for today, verse 9. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Thank you that truth comes out of the word of God, and we're grateful to be able to stand on those truths. Thank you for this amazing church. Give us a great time together in your word. We honor your word. It's a privilege to preach in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We recently took a, a road trip with two of my kids. It was just me and the two kids. I have three kids, but I took uh, the two older ones with me, and something magical happened um, on this road trip. They got along, <laughs> which is, if you're a parent and you've ever been on a, a five-minute ride, you understand how the glory of God was shining in this moment. I was like, yes, Lord, whatever it is that we're doing right now, we're going to keep doing this. This is good. Whatever's happening. They were sharing the same iPad. They were even sharing the same headphones. One person had the right earbud and the other person had the left. I was like, wow, let's take a picture. Let's remember this moment for the rest of their lives. They got along on this road trip, and it was bound to happen, though. You know it was coming. Ah! Stop! Don't do that! Don't do that! Stop doing that! So I did what every Jesus-loving father does, and I say, Jesus, take the wheel. And I look back, you know. Back in my day, my mom would have opened up the glove box, six wooden spoons would have come out, and a chancla, uh, one of those Hispanic flip-flops. None of this Old Navy flip-flops. I'm talking like a real chancla, you know? You don't know nothing about no chancla, you know what I'm saying? If she would have oh, opened up that glove box, six wooden spoons and a chancla would have come out, and she, what's going on back there? So I said, what's going on back there? And my son, 
He says, Dad, she keeps skipping the credits. They're arguing about skipping the credits of the show on Disney Plus or whatever they were watching. And this argument ensued about the credits because my son thought there would be some sort of uh, mysterious uh, scene that was hidden or or unknown. And yet my daughter, out of convenience, uh, kids these days don't know what it was like when you had to watch the credits. She just pressed skip the credits. Skip the credits. As a matter of fact, these days on television shows, you can skip the intro, you can skip the recap, and you can skip the credits. Yeah, give me the meat of the show, you know? My son did not like this. He did not like that she was skipping the credits. And, and, and if, we're not, if, we're, if, we're, if we're not careful, uh, in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, these are Paul's credits. They're his final words. They're really basically his travel plans. It's an email that nobody wants to read, really. I'm going to go to Macedonia here for a little bit, and then maybe I'll stay a little while, and then you'll send me on my destination. I mean, that is just one of those emails that you get that you don't read. But then he, he soft tosses, he, he lobs us a, a, a verse that I think is so applicable that if we're not careful, we'll skip the credits. And we'll miss out on this truth that Paul gives us insight to that I think will be revolutionary for your life today. And if you get this truth, if you understand this truth, then you'll be able to sustain and thrive through any storm or trial that you're going through. He says this in verse 9. There is a wide open door for a great work here although many oppose me. Well, which one is it, Paul? Is it opportunity or is it opposition? And Paul says, it's both. He says, it's both. He says, I'm staying here in Ephesus because there's opportunity, although there's opposition. (laughs) Many of you at the hint of opposition would leave Ephesus. At the first argument with your spouse, you begin to reconsider. At the first time that it gets difficult at your new job, you start looking for a new job. But what Paul gives us insight into in this one verse, in the credits, in the middle of his travel plans, he says, I'm staying in Ephesus because although there is opposition, it's also coupled with opportunity. And if you've lived long enough, you know that every open door also comes with opposition. If you've followed Jesus for any amount of time, you and I both know this, that sometimes you can't have great opportunity without great opposition. That sometimes on the other side of my opportunity is also opposition. And Paul tells us this plain as day in the credits. At the end, he says, I've got an opportunity, and I've got opposition. It's almost like, like a rubber band. I love rubber bands. They're great, you know? And, and if, I, if I took this rubber band and I tossed it to you, sir, there was no real uh, fear in your life. You actually willingly accepted that rubber band. But if I took another rubber band and I, I, I pulled it back... There's a different response. (laughs) 
there, there's a different response when I create tension. There's a different response when, I'm, when I just have opportunity without opposition, it's of no threat. But when I have opportunity coupled with opposition, it creates tension. This stretching creates effectiveness. I am not effective with just opportunity, but when I'm strengthened by the trial that I go in, when I'm strengthened, when I'm stretched by the season of life that I'm going through, then what happens is I become more effective than I ever have been before. See, a rubber band is only as strong as its strength when it's stretched. You, my friend, that are going through a stretching season right now, you, my friend, that are going through a really tough time, you must understand that it is in the pulling, it is in the stretching, it is in the opportunity and opposition where God tends to do his greatest work. It's where God tends to do his greatest work. As a matter of fact, a life with open doors doesn't build the resilience that comes from resistance. So if it's just open door after open door and you're floating on clouds and nothing is wrong and it's just, you know, all is hunky-dory and everything is fine, then you're just walking through open doors. You're not building up the resilience needed for your next season. It is only when you stretch. It is only when muscles are broken down that protons can enter into those muscles and you can begin to look like Pastor Aaron. There's only one way to get the way that he looks like, and that is to stop eating and to break down your muscles and put protein in there. I came today to up the body fat percentage on this platform. I came to test the weight limits of this platform because I feel like it hasn't been tested lately. It's a tension that we wrestle with, not a problem to be solved. Not every opposing threat to you is a problem to be solved. It's actually a tension that you need to wrestle with. It's not, not every problem is the devil that you run from. <laughs> sometimes there's just things that you work through. There's some, sometimes, sometimes when there's tension in your life, God, God allows that tension so that it will make you more resilient in your life. As a matter of fact, it says in the book of Philippians, the first chapter, it says, but if I live... I could do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. Verse 23, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Here the writer is torn between two desires. Should I go to the pearly gates, the streets of gold, the sea of glass, where the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty? Or do I stay here on earth to make sure that my coworker, my neighbor, and everyone in the Tampa Bay area knows the name of Jesus? I'm torn between two desires. Sometimes God will allow you to be torn between two desires because it's building up the resilience you need for your next season. It's building up that tension, that tension. Even Jesus, the savior of the world, the son of the most high God, the one whose dad put the stars in the sky, who literally uh, like created you and I, he literally wrestles with this tension he, he says this in John 16, He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many blessings. You will have many trials and sorrows. There's like so much guarantee in those few words. It's not even like you might occasionally, possibly. 
No, you will and not a few. You will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Aren't you grateful that with Jesus, we can go through trials and sorrows, but we can still overcome the world. When you have Jesus, you can have both trials and sorrows and yet still overcome the world. Even Jesus himself wrestles with this in Matthew 4 verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you by the, would say, I want to be led by the Spirit? You would just say, hey, I want to be led by the Spirit? You want to live a life led by the Spirit? At all of our locations, you say, with your hands raised, I want to be led by the Spirit. Awesome, I want to be led by the Spirit. That sounds like it's the right thing to do. Well, here in Matthew 4, verse 1, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Now, how many of you want to be tempted by the devil? It is a tension that we wrestle with. That sometimes we will be led by the Spirit through things in life that we will have to overcome, that we will have to really become resilient. And I believe that I came to this church all the way from North Carolina to remind you today that you are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus, that you are victorious in Him, and that you can make it through many trials and many tribulations. Isn't it interesting, every time you go to tithe, your car breaks down. It's like, like you'll pay your tithe right here in this parking lot, and before you pass the Burlington Coat Factory here at South Tampa, your engine would have fallen out. It's like every time you you get your marriage on the right track, you you get reminded of one little little fight. It's about a toothpaste tube or something real, real, real small. And it begins to build a wedge into your marriage and you were on the right track. Every time you, you know, you, you asking God for, for, you know, a a good, your kid to behave, you know, you're like, okay, he's going to behave now. You know, he's going to be good. Yes. Yes. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, where did this kid come from? You know, the spawn, you know, (laughs) it's interesting how we can rarely have favor without a fight. A lot of times, favor is indicative to the enemy that it's time for him to press your buttons a little bit more. A lot of times, that same opposition that Paul felt, that same opposition was coupled because he had opportunity. When opportunity comes, great opposition. And the enemy is really, really out to get you because he knows of your potential. He knows of the opportunity. So if you're facing the forces of evil, it's probably because God's got something really good in store that you've yet to be able to imagine or be able to think of. You know, the enemy only attacks people that are actually doing something significant for the kingdom. A a, a thief only steals what's valuable. You know, I recently was putting in a security system in my house. The guy came knocking on my door. He won that day. He won me over. Rarely does a solicitor win me over, but I was like, this guy convinced me that ISIS is going to come to my house, and so I better, <laughs> I better protect it. So we went through all the sensors. He's going to say, hey, I'm going to put a glass break sensor there, and I'm going to put a little motion detector there, and I'm going to put a little doorbell camera there, and I'm going to do this. And then uh, I looked in my garage. I have like three rakes, two shovels, and a broken bicycle. And I said, well, what are we going to do about the garage? And he's like, oh, we don't protect the garage. I said, well, why don't you protect the garage? He says, because you rarely ever put anything of extreme value 
in your garage. He said, the way that I see it is uh, someone could come a threat to your home and what you really want to protect are your children. What you really want to protect are the people inside. And I said, you're right. And so the, the system stops, you know, starts at my, my house and stops at my garage. And I just want you to know that you are so valuable to the kingdom of God that the enemy will try his very best to get you convinced that the opposition you are facing is so strong that you have to quit. And you shouldn't quit today. Because with that same opposition also comes opportunity. With that same level of pain and suffering and sorrows and trials comes great joy, triumph, and victorious living. I, I liken it to this. I've been teaching my son how to harvest deer. Do you guys know about hunting down here? I know it's a big city living here in Tampa, but in North Carolina, we try to fill our freezer in the fall. You know, you never know when you'll, you know, not be able to go to Walmart for the very thing that you need. So I've been, been teaching my son how to harvest deer. I'm trying to be PETA friendly, but you know, how to, how to, Acquire deer ethically <laughs> in our household. And uh, we've, been, we've been going on this journey. Uh, he's uh, 11 years old, and we get up early in the morning. We put uh, dough urine on our boots as to not leave a scent. It's so much fun. It's awesome. In the middle of the night, we wake up early. We walk to the middle of the woods and uh, get up into a tree, and we just sit there and wait. And we wait, and we wait, and we have good whisper talks, but he's 11, so he gets restless, gets cold, gets annoyed very quickly, so it's not the most stealth hunting ever, you know? And uh, we get, went out there for a couple of days, and we got nothing, nothing. I was really hopeful. You know, like every time you leave the tree stand, you're thinking, the next time is the time we're going to get it. Nothing. A couple days later, we're driving along the highway, and my son says, Stop! I got one. And there was one on the side of the road. He said, Dad, I got a deer. I said, son, we are redneck hillbilly, but not that redneck hillbilly. You know what I'm saying? He said, stop, I got a deer. And I had to explain to him, son, we don't hunt what's already dead, what brings us no value or potential. We only hunt that which is alive, that which has potential to feed our family. And the same is true for you when the enemy comes to attack you. He's not attacking you because you're roadkill. He's not attacking you because God has forgotten about you. He's not destroying you because God, God has, has, has left you on the roadside. But instead, you have potential. You have life inside of you. The devil only hunts what is alive. And so if you feel like there's a target on your chest, if you feel like something in your life seems to be off because God has something inside of you that the devil does not want you to have access to. He only hunts what's alive. He only hunts what's alive. The enemy only steals what's valuable. The enemy only opposes those who are a true threat. And so if you are like Paul today, and together we are trying to wrestle through opportunities and open doors and opposition from the enemy, I came to tell you to stay in Ephesus. Stay in the fight. Stay in the marriage. Stay at that job. Stay in school. Stay in Ephesus because I know there's opportunity and opposition, and they live on the same coin. It says in Psalm 67, verse 1, 
May God be merciful and bless us. And may his face smile with favor on us. So how do we handle this? How do we handle when we have opportunity and opposition? Well, it needs to be reflective. It needs to be reflective in our everyday lives to when we go through a trial, when we go through a valley, when we go through a storm, that we are not deterred, that we are not denied, that we are not distracted, but instead we stay focused on the prize. Even Jesus wrestled with this in his last hours on this earth. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He looks to his father. He's in this moment where, where Paul shows it to us in the credits in 1 Corinthians. But he's in this moment and he says, Father, your will be done. If, if there's any other way than me going to the cross, he's in this tension. And I'm so grateful he didn't quit in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm so grateful he didn't stop short. I'm so grateful he went all the way to the cross for you and for me. And that though he wrestled with the tension, he still went the whole way. What a gift. And may the, may the blessing and favor of God be on our faces whenever we go through trial. Whenever we go through tribulation. Have you ever seen uh, the show Extreme Home Makeover? It's such a great show. Youngins, allow me to catch you up. There's this guy, his name is Ty Pennington. Hey, it's Ty Pennington here. We're so glad that you're joining us for this week's episode of Extreme Home Makeover. Let's get started, you know. They take a family whose home is maybe um, not conducive for someone with, uh, uh, that ha- might have a disability or some sort of um, issue they can't get around in their house or maybe they had a fire or maybe someone is sick. I, they, ha- they take someone who is in great need of a brand new home. And in this need, uh, in this brand, in this, and they, they level their one house and they build them a new one. But while they're building this house, guess where they send them? To Disney World. I mean, not only are you getting a new house, but you get to spend the week at Disney World. Come on, somebody. For all my North Carolina churches watching, these people are used to Disney World. They live by Disney World. But it's special to us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's special to us. People save up their whole lives to go where you go on Friday for lunch, okay? Don't get used to it. It's like this church. Don't get used to it. You know what I'm saying? People save up their whole lives to find a church like this. And so they, they go to Disney World, and Ty Pennington is the, the coordinator of the show. He's, he's in there organizing. It's basically like serve day or a mission trip to Guatemala. It's all the same. They bring in a bunch of volunteers, all wearing the same T-shirt. They flood the streets, and they're building this guy's house. And they're FaceTime, you know, with the family that's at Disney World. And Ty Pennington be like, hey, little Johnny, how's it going today? Are you doing good? He'd be like, yeah, I heard you like Bon Jovi. Is that true? And the kid's like, yeah, I love Bon Jovi. And so he's like, well, guess what? Bon Jovi's right here. And then Bon Jovi is right there. And he's like, we're going to make your room a Bon Jovi-themed room. So Bon Jovi is going to be signing guitars that will be all over your room. And you're going to be living on a prayer. It's a living on a prayer room. It's awesome. The next day, he like FaceTimes with the daughter. Hey, Sally, how's it going? It's great. I heard you like Frozen the movie. I love Frozen the movie. Well, guess what? 
we got you a whole entire frozen themed room there's icicles everywhere they're real icicles you know we got Olaf in here it's a real snowman when you come back it's gonna be great you know the whole week culminates with this one moment where they bring in this huge tour bus I'm just catching the kids up. Some of you already, I've already seen the show, but the kids in here, they ain't airing this show like they used to, you know? I don't know if you can stream this on, on Netflix or anything like that. To bring this bus in, and the bus is parked in such a way to where the house is on one side and the family gets out from the other. So in between the family and the house is this big bus. Are y'all with me? And so then all the real product placement starts, you know? Cole refrigerator, zoom in real tight with the camera, and then Home Depot, boom, and then the windows provided by, boom, and then it starts to really build up. The family comes in, it's a big mission strip, everybody's wearing the same shirt, and they start this chant. Have you heard this chant before? Move that bus, 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 and then all of a sudden, a commercial break. It's terrible. It's just terrible. I don't want to know about Taco Bell right now. I don't want to know about Subway's deals right now. Take me back to the show. So they cut back in, big crane like this one, bunch of product placement. The family is on one side of the bus. They cannot see the house. Keep in mind, they can't see the house, okay? Move that bus. Move that bus, huge sweeping crane shot, bunch of product plate. Move that bus, move that bus. All of a sudden, the bus moves. And what's the show called? Extreme Home Makeover, right? I want to see the house. Show me the house. Show me the house. I've waited all week. I've watched the show. I've, wait, I've waited all week long. I want to see the house. What is the first camera shot after they move the bus? They show the family's faces. I've seen the family all week long. I don't want to see the family. Do you know why the producers decide to cut to their faces right when the bus moves instead of to the house? Because although they have opposition, although they've had opposition in their life, the favor of the house is on their face. So I don't need to see the house. <laughs> I'm preaching now. I don't need to see the house in order to see the favor because I can see the house on their faces. And I came to tell someone today who is going through a trial, who is going through a storm, who is going through a battle, let your face shine with the glory of God. May the heavens reflect and declare the glory of all of those trials and tribulations that you are going through. If you are not dead, God is not done with you. May the glory of God shine on your face. I know the divorce was hard, but you're going to make it. I know the separation and stuff but you're gonna make it i know your business went through a lot during covid but you're gonna make it no weapon formed against you will prosper you are gonna make it because the glory of god is going to shine on your face come on let's give god some praise today
at all of our locations. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're standing, please remain standing. I believe this moment for someone is going to be life-altering and life-changing. Their life will never be the same. They'll remember that one time this one guy came with a rubber band and told them that every opportunity is coupled with opposition. But you now have God on your side. You've never given your life to Christ. God brought you into this church today for a specific time, a specific reason. And I want to let you know that it is not by accident. It is not, it is not by, by, by chance. But we believe it's divinely appointed for you today to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And it's very simple. I just want to be able to pray with you and to pray for you. So at all of our locations today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor Mike, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need, I need the love of God. I need that, that Savior. I need Jesus to come into my life and change my life for good. I'm ready to, to have at least the glory of God on my side when I go through trials and tribulations. If that's you today, you say that was me, that sermon spoke to me or the music spoke to me today. If that's you at all of our locations, would you just shoot your hand up right here so I can pray for you? You see, that's me, pray for me, I need Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hands all over the place. Thank you, Jesus, for the harvest. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. For the sake of those that just raised their hand, would you all repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you. For saving me of my sins. I commit my life to you and look forward to eternity in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands and welcome all of those to the family of God. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.